You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you are doing well, and we want to thank you for joining us this week as we continue in our series of Roadblocks and Objections to Living Sent. I'm joined by James Ross, co-host and lead pastor here at Church on Bayshore. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Justin. How are you doing this March? It is March. 2nd? March. It, isn't that like roar in like a lion out? That is that April? In what? like a lion. What are you talking about? In, in March roars in like a lion, out like a lamb. There's something like that. Some kind of old saying. Maybe you can correct me if you're listening out there. You are but, always uh, introducing <laughs> me to old Baptist stuff <laughs> and... Just old stuff in old general, stuff, man. Old stuff, old soul. I was deprived, uh, I guess. I don't I guess know. So, but yeah. yeah, so it's March, and what's crazy if you think about it, a year ago, as kind of in March is when things changed drastically <laughs> here in the United States. As we are approaching, uh, really, the one year anniversary is a terrible word, but marker of you know, yeah, really what began social distancing, isolation, shutdowns related to the coronavirus. Those of you who are on social media, you know, you probably have Facebook memories or some kind of time hop. And it's interesting as I look back on my memories from last year of things I posted like in crowds and things like this, I always want to always think, little did they know. Right. Like, <laughs> we had no idea. Oh, no, wow. Even, you know, even as we, I was thinking back, like, even as we knew like coronavirus was escalating like about this time yeah. in March last year, we still didn't know that just a few weeks later in March, we were going to be shutting things down. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it is crazy. Look back at pictures and isn't it funny, you know, I find myself like, watching you know a show and i'm think well obviously this took place in 2019 not oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah pre-covid yeah it's crazy but it's wild yeah so uh as we find things that are are different uh we do find this is the same that our calling is to live sent that's right and engage culture yeah and we're doing this series roadblocks and objections uh to living sent really as a response to some of the questions and uh, that we will have with people the people that will present to us as we share faith as we share christ uh what are some of the objections and questions people have and mm -hmm. last week we talked about the bible specifically uh isn't the bible outdated so we encourage you to go back and listen to some of that today we're talking specifically about uh the bible and science because mm. this is a hang up for a lot of people and they it would is. say it would, and it would be formed in a, in a number of ways. The question would come across is, um, you know, but ultimately the root of the question is this hasn't or doesn't science disprove the Bible. And right. I think this is a, a legitimate question for people uh, because we, you know, our schools teach uh, things uh, that are you know, what people would say are, contrary to scripture. Uh, yeah. So we have to, this is something we need yeah. to be well informed of. Agree. You know, I always go back to my, my friend, Nacho Libre and his ministry <laughs> to the beggar, the you know, philosopher. and he, he was trying to baptize the beggar and the bab be beggar is like, I only believe in science, <laughs> you know, and it's funny, but I do think that, you know, there are a lot of people increasingly so who basically say, look, I don't believe in anything that can't be proven. You know, I, I don't believe in anything that uh, can't be proven. And so they really look to science for how they view the world. I, I remember 
when I was in high school and going through biology and I, you know, I grew up in a small town in between Jacksonville and Gainesville, Florida. And so uh, definitely still very much the Bible belt, I would say very similar to Oklahoma County, but without the military influence. And, um, you know, I remember biology. I mean, it was like, wow, like, Hey, God doesn't exist, you know, and, and there's no evidence for God. It's a theory and all these things. So, um, I, I think a lot of people probably have had a similar experience. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I remember when I was in high school in biology, my teacher actually said, she said, we're going to study this unit of evolution. And I want to tell you that I don't believe it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. She could be fired now yeah. for saying that. But, you know, at the time she was pretty old anyway. I think she was kind of like, what are they going to do to me? But yeah. she said, however, we're going to mm-hmm. learn it. That was so uh, much earlier than when I went through biology. You're so much older than me. So old. (laughs) But I think it goes back to this, like, and I think now people feel like they can't talk about it or it's just taught a certain way. And we have to uh, be informed and educated. So is it, is it dangerous to learn this? No. And in fact, one of the things we're going to talk about is that there are Christians who believe it and Christians don't agree on all of this. Uh, But first let's back it up and talk about science. What is science? Back that thing up. That's what you just said. (laughs) Back that thing up. Uh, I'm not going to dance. That's not how that song goes, Justin. I just made up my own tune. That's what I do. Christy just can testify. I just make up my own tunes to everything. How does it go? Why don't you sing it for us? (laughs) No, no, no juvenile here today. All right. So moving on science, you know, it's, about what is observable, what is measurable, yeah. and explaining how things work. Yeah, why yeah. not why, but necessarily, but how things, what is observable and what's measurable. And so we need to keep that in mind as we're talking about science, and let, and and also differentiate in science what is fact mm. and what is theory. That that that's really, I mean, where this comes down to is. It's very unintelligent to deny that science is helpful, you know, right. and tells us how certain things work. And there's different kind of sciences or psychological sciences. There's behavioral sciences. There's, you know, empirical data from, you know, biology, those kind of things. I mean, math is really a science, you know, and Galileo, who we'll talk to, he was a mathematician. We're going to talk to him. Talk about, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a different, that's a different podcast, but, um, but Science only goes so far. Right. Even yeah. with advancements. I mean, so we're talking about COVID, right? Like, right. And science is still trying to figure this yes, out. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it doesn't know everything. You know, science doesn't know everything. That yeah. was a terrible way to say that. But, you know, it is, it's, it's observable, it's measure. And there's things that we still don't know about the earth, yet alone right. the universe. Right. So with COVID, like we had all these, back to a year ago, we started to have all these ideas mm-hmm. on what work based on good science right. that said, okay, in this unknown, this is how we think it will work. And, and we're kind of, we've learned over a year, like mm-hmm. what of that was good? What if that wasn't good? Some, we still don't know. I mean, there's still like how effective are the masks, all that stuff. Like we, we really don't fully know. And so take that over a, in a bigger picture, when you talk about creation and the world, we're trying to say, based on what we do know, mm-hmm. here's what we think about what we do not know. That's what really the theory is. So evolution, all these you know different viewpoints are really theories based on things that are true. Right, and it's and it's going back to science. It's observable and measurable data. Right. So there are theories like the theory of evolution that it's not necessarily observable. Yeah. So, so uh, micro evolution right. mm-hmm. is observable. Right. I mean, yeah, no, there's really right. no denying that. Yeah, exactly. When we talk about macro and right. you know, things that are taught, like, you know, is it measurable is it observable? There's, there's 
certainly you could argue that there are things that might point to that. Right. Uh, you know, and that's a different podcast. That's like hours you could talk on that. But ultimately- Like not our podcast yeah, is what he meant. We're not going to do that. Way in over our heads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but ultimately, can science prove it? Right. Well, it's, it's not- observable and it's yeah. not measurable. So it is a, a theory. Yeah. And I think one, uh, backing this up again, I think one of the things- You that just keep backing I that thing up. <laughs> is that, and again, not the right no, tone. No, <laughs> no. I, I didn't try to sing it that okay, time. Okay. I was just oh, okay. saying it excitingly, <laughs> uh, excitedly, uh, is the question. I think the question itself is fundamentally flawed is, you know, aren't science and the Bible at odds? Right. And I think why do we assume that's true? Yeah, yeah. And I, th why do we assume that they're at odds? And if you go back and look at uh, the, for lack of a better word, the evolution of science and the practice of science, well even there you go, the scientific <laughs> method, um, much of it was born out of a yeah. Christian worldview. In fact, right. um, this quote, it says, the scientists seek natural causes for natural phenomena, not divine intervention mm. in a test mm -hmm. tube. Mm -hmm. The first scientists believed our universe was designed and created by God, according to a blueprint that can be discerned by rational creatures like us. Yeah. If you go back to like the 13th century, you have a friar. He was a Christian, Roger Bacon. He's the first person who actually- <laughs> He was a friar named Roger Bacon. Bacon. I love great? it. I Isn't love it. And it's like, God's like, hey, I know you're Friar Bacon. And you're a friar. So, <laughs> and, but he was the first person to actually, you know, based upon other readings from history, he was the first person to actually document his own scientific method. Yeah which paved the way then for the scientific method that we know of to really be known. And I think when we look at that, it came from this worldview that the science, that science and the Bible are not at odds. Right. That there is a God, there is a creator, there is a blueprint, and science is the way that we can begin to fathom and understand just some of the ways that he's created things to work. Right, yeah. And so I think, you know, so when you go back to, the, the people say Christianity and, and science are at odds. Well, it's undeniable that the Catholic Church did have a problem with the advancements in science. And, and you know, I'm Protestant for a reason. I mean, I think that the, the Catholic Church has some viewpoints um, about the world and about the Bible that um, are not true. And so they kind of saw, you know, hey, the more knowledge people have, you know, then the more they're going to see that same thing. And so, so there was this, you know, opposition from the Catholic church at the time, which had become very powerful and corrupt. If you read history, um, you know, and science, but the, the scientists, as you're appealing to, they were actually believers right. who wanted to say, God has given us this ability to understand his world. Right. If you go back to like Galileo, which is, uh, you mentioned we're going to talk to him. Galileo but, uh, Sorry, he's not here today. But <laughs> <laughs> Galileo, Galileo. I knew you were going to, all I have to do is say, say a, a word, song there's lyric. always a song. And unless it's rap, you're going to sing it. Rap, you may not know. <laughs> I, I'm just not good at that. Yeah. So, um, but Galileo himself, you know, I think that's pointed to as kind of an aha moment of see science wins over the church. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, Galileo was the one who, you know, really fought for the belief that the earth is not the center of the universe, that right. that, that, you know, that, that that had been a belief uh, of that the church had adopted. However, if you, again, back it up and say like that Galileo was actually uh, 
trying to get the church to come on board with this, but the church actually was not getting their idea of the church. I mean, of, of the earth being the center of the universe from the Bible. Right. They're actually getting it from culture. This was a, a belief that Aristotle actually popularized and had carried through tradition. It was actually yeah. a traditional belief, mm -hmm. not based on the Bible. And Galileo was simply saying, science proves this. Let's, uh, let's, we can observe it. We can yeah. say it. And he was, his whole point was, you know, not, you know, you could talk about Galileo and his, his morals and, you know, there's, there's, Stuff written about that and whether or not how devout he was in his faith. But we also know that he submitted himself to the church because he believed. Right. And he wanted the church to be right about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, so the, the Bible didn't really speak to that, you know, clearly. And science has enabled us to understand more about the world we live in. And certainly we have advanced in our understanding of science over time. And that has clarified viewpoints held by the church. You know, I put that in quotes if you're not watching, um, but not ever by God. And, and, and Galileo himself said, you know, the Bible tells us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. And so the intent of scripture was to never fully address, you know, all of those issues, but rather to point to the, gl the glory of God and the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, and our need for righteousness and holiness given to us by uh, Jesus. So, you know, it, it, it's weird that we make those things at odds with one another now. That being said, there are those who either get into science for the purpose of disproving God or don't believe in God and certainly want science to disprove God. And so they attach themselves to theories like macroevolution. And because of what the Bible says, they say, well, see, that that's not really supported, which that's, I mean, well, I don't believe in macroevolution because there's no evidence to that. It doesn't necessarily disapprove the, disprove the Bible. Mm -hmm. Another group would say the age of the earth. And the Bible seems to, you know, indicate a young earth, you know, that's 10 to 20,000 years old. And so, again, macroevolution and old earth science are actually not proven. They're good. They're theories. I would say old earth theory is stronger than the macroevolution theory because there's literally no evidence to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... Um, just because let's say they're right about the old earth, the Bible doesn't actually tell us that it's not, that the earth is 12,000 mm -hmm. years. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think you're hitting on a great point because I think a lot of this tension comes from Christians who are trying to, and be really clear about this, they're trying to make the Bible answer questions the Bible isn't trying to right. answer. Yeah. And, you know, there are... Christians who believe, like you're talking about, in old earth, younger. There's there's people in this church who have differing views on that, and who they are way are smarter than way us. smarter than us. Yeah. And you know, you talk to them, and you know, you talk to them, and you're like, you've convinced me. And then you talk to the other one, no, you've convinced me. Yeah. And uh, but they're also really humble people, right? And I think what, uh, specifically with the Genesis account, you know, the Genesis account of creation, I believe, isn't trying to articulate just how God created. Yeah. But it's it's rather getting to, to the why God created. Yeah. And I think so many people approach Genesis making it, trying to force answers out of it that it's maybe yeah. not trying to answer. Now, can you look at it and find answers? Absolutely. Right. But I think we have to be careful to say, hey, I don't want to pre-impose what I'm trying to get out of this text on this text. Right. And yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I think another thing that people have a hard time with are the miracles of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I get that. 
but the the whole point of a miracle is that it it is it is indeed something where God does not follow the order of science. But you know, it's interesting because the existence of miracles and C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Miracles, and uh, many more intelligent people have written on this issue. But you know, the ve- the very point that we see these things as miracles kind of points to their significance. And, and to me, really, it comes down, you know, to the point of the resurrection. I mean, if God indeed could raise someone from the dead, then he could do whatever. And you would say, well, that seems, you know, illogical. Well, if God, then he could really do whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so I think that that really comes down to an investigation into whether or not the resurrection ever really happened. Um, and, you know, there is a lot of historical evidence that the resurrection did indeed happen. And so I think kind of, you know, jumping on to this is people would say, well, science disproves Christianity and, ne- and necessarily it hasn't necessarily done that. Well, then you have to kind of look at history and say, what does history say? And some have said, well, history doesn't support Christianity. Mm-hmm. And they would say, well, yeah, history, you know, proves that this didn't happen or this didn't happen. But honestly, there's so much outside evidence that confirms the story of scripture, uh, you know, that things did happen that that happened, you know, that's another hour long podcast talking about archeological evidence, but historical evidence from other texts that prove things, but ultimately like the church is still going. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when we were going over our show notes, doesn't that make me sound like we're so official (laughs) show notes, notes. more so like back in the green room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more like a quick email I sent to you about what we're going to talk about. I said, this is either, it's funny because this is so simple. It's either like a two second conversation uh-huh. or a two hour conversation at the mm-hmm. same point. But yeah, there's really nothing in history that has disproven Christianity. I mean, mm-hmm. at all, if anything, his time has supported Christianity. I, I remember, you know, there was a documentary by, um, Bill Maher called Religious, and, you know, it, it came out and basically it was pointing to the fact that the the Egyptians, the, excuse me, the Hebrews lived in Egypt. And while they lived in Egypt, they heard about Osiris and they learned about uh, this God of the resurrection. And so that's ultimately what led them to the story of Jesus. Well, first of all, <laughs> Bill Maher is trying to sell stuff. So, you know, people, his, his, problem is that Christians, himself. yeah, his problem is, oh, well, these Christians are trying to make money and, you know, these pastors are trying to become rich. I'm like, bro, really? Like <laughs> that is exactly what you're doing. So, so if we can be discredited for the same reason, he can be. Mm-hmm. Secondly, there's actually no historical documentation of the Egyptians that's older than any of the Hebrew documentation. So if you solely went on historical documents, Hebrew came first, you know, Mm -hmm. what the Jews believed came first. Secondly, it was not a popular belief within Judaism that Jesus rose from the grave. (laughs) He actually was killed by them. And then people were killed because they proclaimed that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just, it's really just, it it gives you enough fuel if you don't want to believe to say, yeah, oh, okay, here's some historical evidence mm-hmm. that the resurrection was made up. Right, and you, another thing, let's say, well, other religions have some of these same accounts, and you're just basing it off of, uh, you know, what your the Bible see, teaches. And I think, like, uh, you know, this religion also talks about the flood, and this religion, <laughs> and it's like maybe the reason all of these texts talk about the 
flood is because it happened. <laughs> right, the flood you know, actually and maybe happened. It actually yeah. helps serve the purpose. <laughs> idea. This is, was an actual historical yeah, event right. that happened. And no, do we understand all the questions yeah. about it? No, but maybe it did happen. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so going back to, to science, going back to history, you know, one of the things that I think is one of the most compelling uh, reasons uh, for the compatibility of, of of science and scripture is is that you know science is is a is a gift for us to understand I believe yeah, from the Christian perspective absolutely. it's a gift for us to understand uh, as much as we possibly can about the the world and how God created but one of the things that science cannot explain uh, really is the uncaused cause right of everything yeah. and I think even mm -hmm. if we even if the science were to be able to prove that uh, the Big Bang or or evolution or old Earth or new Earth, like it still does not answer the question of the uncaused cause. Yeah, science and, can only take us so far. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing because in essence, that makes me, when I think about that, you know, if you get bogged down in this, you just, it's, it's, you come away and you're like, goodness, this is mind blowing. But ultimately it comes back to like, that is awe inspiring. Yeah, it is. There, there has to be an uncaused cause in all yeah. of this. And that uncaused cause is God. Yeah. And I think that another question that all of this doesn't answer, that science can't answer is the why. Yeah. Right. You know, the why behind this. And uh, I, I, this this is a quote by uh, about Richard Dawkins, and he says this that he is he would call himself a passion. You know, he's one of the most you know naturalistic Darwinians there is, and he says this. Also very rich. Yeah, from that. <laughs> a passionate Darwinian. He is a passionate Darwinian when it comes to science, but a passionate anti-Darwinian when it comes mm -hmm. to politics mm -hmm. and how we should conduct human affairs. Mm -hmm. And here's why: is because there has to be more. There has to be more because if, if things really are just the survival of the fittest and the mm -hmm. toughest wins mm -hmm. in the end, if, if, if everything, if all there is is what can be observed by science, the evolutionary story, and there's no creator, then we truly have, we have no true grounds on insisting for human equality, right. for the protection mm -hmm. of the weak and vulnerable, for equal treatment of yeah. women, for equal treatment of different ethnicities or other uh, religions. If you call for those things, on what grounds? Right. If all you believe is evolution, so there has to be so that science can attempt to answer these questions of how, yeah. but it cannot answer the question of why. Why yeah. do we know that that's wrong? You know, we could do. You know, in this in the book uh, confronting Christianity, Rebecca McLaughlin uses the illustration of sexual assault, and you know, this is a woman writing this, and she's saying, you know, we can look at sexual assault and we can explain it sociologically we can explain it pathologically that this man feels the urge to attack and you know we can even compare it to primates where this is mm -hmm. uh, a very common practice in primates mm -hmm. but why do we know and mm -hmm. we can explain how it has a negative effect mm -hmm. upon tribes how mm -hmm. it has a negative effect upon an individual and a person mm -hmm. but how do we know that it's wrong yeah and when you say we know you don't just mean christians who believe yeah. the bible i mean it's inherent in yeah, all of humanity. We know it's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, you might say, well, then why do some people, we, we, we would say somebody who deviates from that is a deviant. We would say right. that somebody who doesn't function like that, there's something wrong with them. And you're right. It is. These are insufficient answers. The only people who are comforted by a truly naturalistic, you know, viewpoint are incredibly 
powerful people like, you know, Karl Marx and, and those who would say religion is, religion is the opening of the masses and, and, and very privileged people, Buddha, you know, who, who basically said, you know, get rid, ignore all suffering in the world. And it's like, well, he was a very wealthy man, you know, isolated get, himself yes, from the suffering. Yes. Yeah. So it's just insufficient to humanity to say, Hey, the reason you have your pain is obsolete survival of the fittest. You shouldn't feel what you feel like. Right. That's just, that's wrong. Like, right. Period. And there's no hope in it. Like illogical. It's right. illogically <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And I think that's that comes down to like science can help us understand so much. And as Christians, we don't need to be afraid yeah. of science. And in fact, right. the more I believe, the more we discover through science, the more we are just like, wow, God, yeah. wow, right. wow, 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 wow. We discover things about the human body, about the universe. And, uh, you know, John Piper writes this about the universe and he says, uh, you know, if we look out from our perspective and we look at the universe and here we are on earth and we look out and we say the, the universe is infinite, just goes on and on forever. It's such a waste. What a waste of space. Yeah. But what if it isn't for us? Like we're not the center of the story. And he says the, the, the universe exists to tell the story yeah. of the glory of God. And so rather than looking out and saying, what a waste, we say, God, you are so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think, with science, with history, it comes back to this, I say this a lot, it comes back to a place of humility and recognizing that we should pursue understanding, we should pursue rational thought, we should pursue, uh, and this it, ultimately, I believe it will only strengthen our faith mm -hmm. because it shows just how amazing our God is. Yeah, so so let's let's talk about then. So you, we have pointed out, you are never gonna know all the answers. And there comes down to, in all of our lives, a level of, I have to trust in something mm -hmm. for how I'm going to live my life. And when we look to the Bible, and Tim Keller says this about marriage, when we look to the Bible, we see tested principles that have worked for thousands of years. And so if we follow, and, and there's nothing wrong with psychology, and there's nothing wrong with philosophy, and there's nothing wrong with the trends necessarily in science and all these issues, but when we elevate those things, man's attempt to understand those mm -hmm. things above the tested principles of the Bible, and so we go back to the Bible's outdated and repressive. Well, there are some things about Christianity that are outdated and repressive, but there are things about the Bible and how we raise our children and how we uh, how we view roles of men and women, how we do so many things. They're tested and true and not in one society, but in a diverse collection of societies across the world over a period of history. And so we all have faith in our lives and right. how we live because we're too small, <laughs> finite being science right. says that. And God says right. that. Mm -hmm. And so what are we going to trust in for the life? And your life, it's too short and things are too urgent to not look to God's word and say, does this work? Right. And I think for me too, it goes back to Genesis one, one. And, and the first phrase of the Bible is in the beginning, God. Yeah. And I think that is the summary statement of what Genesis is saying is, yeah, in the beginning, God. Yeah. And if we can submit ourselves to that, yeah. like a lot of this other stuff that's debated so heavily, it, we understand that it, it is it is fascinating. It is wonderful, but it's also a secondary issue to in the beginning, God. 
Yeah. And why did God create? Hey, and you got me preaching here. Woo. And Revelation says, in the end, God. Yeah. And I was the beginning and I am the end. And so right. if we, in the beginning, God, in the end, God, we say, oh gosh, you know, <laughs> I need to know that God. And the Bible is all about, hey, Jesus is God. Yes. And, and how so, you know. so, and history supports who he was and what happened. And so I would say, if you don't believe in that, history and science puts the burden of proof on you, you know, because you might have some arguments to me, but I would say to you, if there's this haunting feeling or to someone, you know, if there's this haunting feeling uh, about Jesus, maybe you need to investigate that. Yeah. Maybe you need to see if it's really true. Um, and, and I think further evidence to this is um, the church. You said this earlier, the church is still around. Mm -hmm. Like I, we heard Matt Chandler in a talk we were listening to not too long ago. He said, you know, God's plan was to use the church to bring about his glory. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. God's using the church to bring about his glory and pointing to Jesus. And Matt Chandler says, that is a terrible plan. Right. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Have you ever been to a church? Right, right. I love our church, but have messed you ever met people, our church? <laughs> messed up people uh, in, in many We're the leaders. Ways. We're the leaders of one messed of those up churches. Leaders. <laughs> and yet the church advances through right. history. Mm -hmm. The yeah. glory of God in goes spite on. Of, yeah, God works in and through his people and in spite of his people. He yeah. And not limited. We're the only faith that isn't that is, has a strong presence that isn't bound geographically. Right. And because culturally, yeah, because Jesus Christ came, yeah, he lived, he died, he rose again. And that transcends culture. It transcends geography. It, it transcends generations because yeah. it's the truth. And so we just, we want you to believe that with all of our hearts. And if you are listening and you are skeptical or you're hung up on a question and we just say, press into those questions, investigate, learn, talk, do it with community, uh, read, study, pray, ask God to show you. And we believe he will. Mm -hmm. And ultimately there is a measure of faith involved. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I do believe that you can rationally, uh, Believe, have faith. Yeah. And I think that's people's hang up that they want faith to be totally rational. Right. And there is a point that, that I believe the most rational conclusion is to say there must be faith. And, 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 and God says, taste and see that the yeah. Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And in scripture, he tells people to test him, you know, and, and I think to put the Lord, their God to the test as a believer, uh, you know, is something we're told not to do, but God definitely is calling people to have faith in him and mm -hmm. see him come through. And, you know, it's not a blind faith. I always make this joke. I weigh, you know, 225 pounds. I don't just sit in a chair that looks shady. You know, I kind of like <laughs> make sure that the chair is going to support me. I mean, we were in India, you know, there's chairs I don't sit in <laughs> and in India. they break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's not this, it's not this blind faith. We're telling you he can be trusted. Start to start to take a look and see how much he can be trusted. Absolutely. So if that's you and you want somebody to do that with, reach out. We would be happy to do that or put you in touch with someone who's <laughs> smarter than yeah, us yeah, fine. Uh, and to meet with, ask questions. But above all, you know, just let's be humble. Let's uh, and pursue the truth. Amen. Pursue the truth. So thank you for the joining us. The truth will us. set you free. That's right. He is the Boom. way, the truth, the life. That's right. Come on with it. Mm. Back no it one comes up. to the Father except through him. <laughs> that's right. No more backing that thing up. Come on. That's the truth. More Advanced. scripture, less backing that thing up. Advance, live sent. And uh, we hope that you will join us next week as we continue in our series, Roadblocks and Objections. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.